Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of 30 for Knowledge. I'm Danny. And I'm George. And uh, this week, George is going to be introducing us to his topic that he has been diligently studying and brushing up on and becoming a massive expert in, I'm assuming. A mastermind. Absolute mastermind. Don't take me on mastermind. I never intend to. Thank Christ. Because, uh, yeah. Uh, How have you been? I've been very... Since we last spoke. um, I've been very well. I'm enjoying... We're... You know, got lovely weather today. It's beautiful. Um, I'm glad that, as always, that you're in my bedroom with me. This is, you know, <laughs> it's got nothing to do with the podcast. Just, <laughs> exactly. Just and yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just so happy right now, Danny. I'm good. I'm, 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 I'm ready to to share some great knowledge with you. Oh, I can't, I can't even begin to imagine what dramatic subject <laughs> we're going to be looking into this week. Well, funny enough, I think we somehow managed without communication to land on a. We we landed on a theme of food. Mm-hmm. Um, especially after your last episode on Western cutlery. Um, so not exactly picking up where you left off, but definitely we've got a food theme going. And I wanted to find out where sandwiches came from. <laughs> I'm very aware that by the end of this episode, we're probably both going to be feeling very hungry. So, so famished. So don't. I've, I've bought us a treat, Danny. I've bought us loads of ingredients and delicious bread so that after this episode, we can go and make some great sandwiches. I'd, I'm, I'm, I'm both excited and terrified at the amount of bread consumption <laughs> that is going to take And this place. is why you always come to my bedroom, because I feed you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. In those exact words. So if we're thinking about sandwiches and we take the most basic definition of a sandwich... <laughs> okay, we're getting down to that level. Okay. Yeah, we're going down to this level, like the granular... <laughs> <laughs> Grain level of it. I love it. There's going to be so many puns. Oh, it's gosh. already begun. It's so fantastic. <laughs> um, so the basic definition of a sandwich to me, is something edible served between two slices of something that resemble bread. Do you agree with that definition? Um, I, does it have to be resembles bread or it has to be bread? Well, I, I say resembles bread because bread comes in all in sorts many, of shapes and sizes. Something wheaty. Something wheaty, yeah. Ex- except for those who can't have wheat. Is that fair enough with you? I, I, I will not disagree. Okay. So... Lots of people, I've mentioned to like friends and stuff that I, I was thinking about doing sandwiches and a lot of the people that I've mentioned this to have been like, oh yeah, the Earl of Sandwich. So the most common or well-known story about where sandwiches come from is the anecdote about this Earl of Sandwich. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that in a moment. Oh, okay. So the word sandwich literally means a sandy location. What? It means sand place or sand village in old English, like medieval English. As in the witch part is a location, so it's a sand location. Exactly, Danny. So the witch is taken from the Latin vicus, which means hamlet or Mm -hmm. small settlement. And vicus also leads us to the word vicinity, which is obviously a place too. Mm -hmm. So all of that to say is sandwich literally means a sandy place. Place of sand. A place of sand. I've got to be honest with you, not making me hungry yet, but okay. Good, it's a strong start. Okay. <laughs> You've got a strong summit, Danny, I like it. So let's talk about the ur- urban legend that is the fourth Earl of Sandwich. So to, to fully understand this story, we've got to go back to the first Earl of Sandwich. Oh, gosh. So the first Earl of Sandwich, Edward Montague, was going to be the Earl of Portsmouth. Oh, he was a Montague. He was a Montague. Oh, gosh, I didn't know that. But he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the, the Shakespearean E on the end. Oh, this is like a pre-true Montague. Yeah, before, you know, well, not before, but like, this is, this is a derivative of, mm-hmm. you know, Capulet's first Montague's name. Okay. 
So the first Earl of Sandwich, Edward Montague, was going to be the Earl of Portsmouth, but decided to stick with Sandwich, the Earl of Sandwich, as his title in 1660, Mm -hmm. because the fleet of ships that he commanded was moored by Sandwich, which is located in the Dover district of Kent in southeast England, for those people who don't know English geography. I mean, I didn't know that before I looked. We can go there, Danny. We can go to Sandwich. So there actually was a place called Sandwich. And there still is. And there's a place called Sandwich. Absolutely, you can still go there. Um... And the reason why um, he he decided to stick with the Earl of Sandwich as his title is because Sandwich was the place where the ships were sent to bring Charles II back to England. Mm-hmm. So Charles II wasn't in England because and him and the House of the Restuarts had to be recovered and brought back to the throne during the time known as the Restoration. Because famously, Charles I was executed by Parliament in 1649. So this was the period in English history where like Oliver Cromwell um, and Parliament was like the leader and we stopped having monarchs for a very short period of time until Charles II came back with the Restoration. I did not know this. I was about to ask what's the time period we're in because I was like, is this like 1300s? But no, so 1600s. 1600s was when um, the fleet was sent to bring Charles II back Mm -hmm. because apparently we needed the monarchy. Yes, Totally. So that's why he stuck with Sandwich, Mm -hmm. the Earl of Sandwich. And so we jump forward in time now to the famous Sandwich. The famous one. The (laughs) The famous Earl. Fourth in line. The fourth Earl of Sandwich, John Montague. He was a notorious character. Okay. (laughs) And not just for his sandwich invention. Okay. So he loved to gamble and would love long stints of games at the gambling table. (laughs) And according to wordinfo.info... The Earl was a member of a group of Satan worshippers called the Friars of Saint Francis. Sorry, called the Friars of Saint Francis of Wickham, also known as the Hellfire Club. What? So the fourth I... Earl of Sandwich, John Montague, was a Satanist. A sa- oh, so the fourth Earl of Sandwich was a gambleholic Satanist. Yeah, and we're going to get into the Hellfire Club a little bit. I mean, the Hellfire Club, it sounds like a biker gang, but that's just me. But this is more like high society guys who didn't like the customs of the day or or did the customs of the day during the day, mm-hmm. but at night time they wanted to oh, be debaucherous and rebels. Exactly. Ah, okay. Um, so <laughs> John Montague, he boasted that he specialised in seducing virgins because he enjoyed the corruption of innocence for its own sake. <laughs> this doesn't paint sandwiches in a good light. This makes me really upset about eating sandwiches now. Oh, and that's why I love doing what we do, because... Ha- how would you have known that sandwiches <laughs> were somehow linked to a cult that worships Satan? I will say this, every sandwich I have, unless there's some kind of redeeming factor here, every sandwich I have from now on, I won't be happy. Every sandwich you now have, you have to eat with a fork, which is also <laughs> Satan-themed, as yeah. we found out in yeah. your episode as well. I'll, I'll use my devil instrument to eat my devil food. <laughs> um, so the Hellfire Club itself was founded, according to hauntedwalk.com, for distinguished gentlemen to engage in immoral acts considered unacceptable by society. Gosh. The members met in a cave in West Wickham, which you can still go to, the Hellfire Caves. Uh, which is in, in Wickham. In Wickham, in Buckinghamshire, where they had sex parties, magic rituals, and just got drunk. One of those things is very much not like the other, but okay. <laughs> which part? I don't, depends on who you are, I guess. It's true. It's just like, I mean, the magic rituals do seem to stand out compared to loads of sex and drinking. Imagine it was a lot of like altars we're going to get onto a magic ritual oh, okay. shortly but it was like it, lots of altars invocations chanting 
And then they would just have like drunk orgies right. afterwards. So, so, so not just a bunch of dudes reading out their horoscopes and being like, ooh. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> Aries, something will... <laughs> Aries has moved into the third phase today. Ooh, something will happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder I want an orgy today. <laughs> um, so the motto, of, the motto of the club was uh, do what thou wilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the same motto, motto of uh, Alistair Crowley's religion called Philema, but that came a little bit later, and that was based on uh, magic rituals and and kind of dabbled with like Satanism, but more like embodied like the free willness mm-hmm. of humanity. Um, Alistair Crowley isn't massively involved in this story; it's just interesting the link where "do what thou wilt" is you know when the Satanists were using it, it's for this like debauchery and you know, orgies, and Alistair Crowley was the same, to be fair, but it's less of, like, we're going to screw everyone else over at the same time. Okay. So these guys were... That's okay. These guys were massive hypocrites, you know? Yeah. You know, creating much the same as today, as we nearly say every week, where you have these policy makers, high society, you know... Not following the rules. Not following the rules. One for thee, one for me, all that kind of stuff. Do what thou wilt. Yeah. Essentially. It, I, I really should have called the podcast something like, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Just, just, <laughs> nothing's changed. This week, nothing's changed. Knowledge is irrelevant, because it's all the same. <laughs> so, according to the legend, the Earl asked for slices of salted beef between two slices of bread to allow him more time at the gambling table. Mm-hmm. So, according to History.com, we know exactly where Montague first got the idea for his creation. So... He's gambling, he's hungry, he doesn't want to leave the table, so he asks, like, the tavern owner or whoever's, like, running the establishment, oh, I don't want to get up, I don't want to sit and have a meal, I just want, want something to eat that's next to me, so give me beef and some bread and I'm, I can just eat it. I'm picturing, I'm, I'm guessing we don't have images of what these people look like, I am picturing the most awful man at this point in time, just some... Oh, I've got a, I've got a portrait of John Montague, oh, okay. I can find it later. I'm just picturing some really gluttonous guy being like I demand meat <laughs> I demand meat the nearest virgin bring me some meat <laughs> this poke hand is too good yes. I can't leave <laughs> I've lost five million pesetas yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've lost five million English pesetas I demand beef so Montague travelled abroad to the Mediterranean where Turkish and Greek meze platters were served Ooh, nice. mm. so dips cheeses and meats were all sandwiched mm-hmm. as the verb between and on layers of bread so this is you know we, we, we need to d- differentiate between the word sandwich and the actual act of verb the sandwiching i was gonna say well like i'm guessing this is this is us saying they were sandwiching these things together this wasn't them being like this no is, yeah there it, was no word for it because it'd be it'd be the it'd be the equivalent of us getting a, a bowl of soup and being like we are londoning this soup into exactly a thing or whatever but, I mean, this is, like, cultural appropriation like okay. 101, isn't it? Like, he's travelled around Turkey and Greece, and then later he becomes famous for the sandwich, even though it's food, so that's already happening. Classic. Anyway, so in all likelihood, Montague took inspiration from his trips when he sat at the card table. Mm-hmm. But a variation of the legend, according to the Smithsonian, was that it was to allow Montague more time in his office to do his work. So you're busy doing your work, you don't want to, like... Sometimes you get on a roll, as we we all get like, and you don't want to dip out for a full lavish meal. Remember, we're talking high society, very mm. wealthy people. He is an earl, after all. And, you know, sometimes you just want a quick on-the-go snack. Virgin, bring a snack in, into the office. So speaking of him doing his work, uh-huh. 
whether or not it was at the card table, whether or not it was because he wanted to do more time to do work, <laughs> he was the Chief Admiral of the Navy. So he was Earl of Sandwich, Chief Admiral of the Navy. Yeah. Okay. That, trying In to... between being a gambleholic and a Satanist. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, this guy was busy. <laughs> so <laughs> he was trying... So this is the era of time when he was trying to get the colonies of America back under Hill, because <laughs> this was the time of the American oh, Revolution. Okay. Match. And he was so bad at his job and so corrupt that he might have actually unintentionally helped the Americans <laughs> through his incompetence. This guy, this guy sucked so much at his job that he created, America got created under his watch. Essentially. Oh my God. <laughs> How is he more famous for making a bloody sandwich compared to... I know. To, oh God, okay. Um, I, did, I didn't... Okay, that, that's immediately the thing that I've now just learnt. So, and we spoke last episode about how, in when you were talking about Western cutlery, how what people were doing in high society mm-hmm. in the upper classes, that kind of drips down, it drip feeds into the lower classes yes. and, you know, the kind of fashions and fads spread, right? So Montague had many friends in high society and when he would dine, he would obviously order what he wanted, which was what we would now call a sandwich. Right. His friends, so he would be ordering, you know, his friends at the poker table were like, oh, you know, that's a great idea, putting a bit of beef, putting a bit of bread, you know? I can't believe no one else thought of this. Or, or no, no one else patented it. So, you know, everyone was like, oh, we like this thing that John Montague, Earl of Sandwich, mm-hmm. is doing. We want one too. And okay. so he would order his, air quotes, sandwich. And so everyone else would then order the same thing. Yeah. And then his friends would go elsewhere, order the same thing at other, like, high London establishments. And eventually the name Big Sandwich began to catch on because it came from... That location. The, well, the Earl of the Sandwiches Earl, uh, yeah, habit of it, having right. these, what we now call sandwiches. I his it, creation, let's say. I find it fascinating that it comes from, that it's derived from his title rather than the location. Because because I'm starting to think of sandwiches now, naturally. And I, I'm, I'm trying to think, a lot of them are kind of based on locations, like, like there's certain sandwiches that are named after locations right. and places, but or so, people. Are there? Yeah, we'll get to some. Well, well, I mean, sandwich itself. Yeah. Is, but I, I, yeah, I, I thought for some reason I was thinking they were doing all this hedonistic activity in sandwich at the time, but they no. weren't. They weren't. They were just doing it at whatever place he was at, and it's just because he's the Earl of Sandwich that they were like, yeah, I'm going to have a sandwich. Well, every time I think he wanted to do his debaucherous activities and go to the Hellfire Club, I think they had to, they went and met at, in Wickham. I'm probably sure they had like little yeah, but, meetings but and seances in London, but so, that's like the main, that was the main source of like so I guess, depredation and debauchery. Debauchery. Hedonistic activities. So I guess, yeah, I thought, so I thought it would, they would have been in Sandwich, but by my logic, I thought they would have called it a Wickham. So, mm-hmm. interesting. That's how sandwiches are popularised because of, you know, the fourth Earl of Sandwich, but if the first Earl of Sandwich had stuck with his decision to be called the Earl of Portsmouth, Portsmouth. we could instead be eating Portsmouths Portsmouth. Portsmouth instead of sandwiches. Portsmouth. Portsmouth. Okay, I can see why that didn't catch on. If, <laughs> no one would have been like, let me order a Portsmouth. <laughs> can I have a Portsmouth eye? What do you call that? Oh, I'm just calling it a Portsmouth. <laughs> a a por- Portsmouths. Okay, I think I'll have a Portsmouth. Yeah, I, I see why that never would have... <laughs> Chicken and bacon Portsmouth. Chicken and bacon port, Portsmouth. I can't do it. I was trying to think of whether Subway's name would change, but it wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's still the same. <laughs> Portway, no. A Subway's just... Subway's just, a Subway. Subway's just frozen in time. They'll always be called a Subway. Not a Subway sandwich, a Subway Portsmouth. A Subway Portsmouth. 
It could work. It could work. But we've said it seven million times now, so I'm thinking, yeah, I could deal with this. I mean, the fourth Earl of Sandwich sounds like a right character. Yeah, so, I mean, it does. I mean, I'd rather stick with something made by the fourth, first Earl of Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. I mean, so yeah, so like, say after this podcast, we're going to have some Portsmouths. Yeah, we're going to make we're going to make some sounds Portsmouths. Sounds like a drink. A Portsmouth does. Well, I, I, think, I think I'm thinking of port. But... Ooh, I imagine a Portsmouth to be some something with like whiskey based. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking port. I'm already getting thirsty and hungry. <laughs> so one last thing about the Hellfire Club and John Montague, again, according to word.info.info, apparently another member of the group called John Wilkes was bored of all the rituals and the masses <laughs> and chanting. <laughs> the hedonistic lifestyle. How droll. I think he was like, he was there for the orgies and the drunkenness and the parties, uh-huh. but I think he got a bit bored of like, hail Satan, sacrifices, bowing, robes. Oh, could you imagine like, like he's just there having a good time at a little party and, and then someone says, it's like, hey dude, like we're going to go into this room now for the next part to the party. He's like, oh awesome. He's just there with his Portsmouth sandwich thing. They walk through the doors and he's like, Oh, <laughs> oh, not this oh, again. You, so you guys do just, right, okay, cool, got it. Yeah, so he got really bored of that yeah. and was just not interested. And so one day, <laughs> he hid a baboon. What? He hid a baboon. A baboon. A baboon. Monkey baboon. Yeah. Right, okay. And because like, obviously these things were way easier to get hands on those days. Man, He's yeah. like, I'll order a baboon, please. Just, it's like, where, <laughs> John, where's the baboon? I don't know. Well, so no one knew about the baboon. So oh. one day, he hid a baboon dressed like the devil in a chest next to the altar that they made in West Wickham. And when they were in the middle of the dark mass, he let the gibbon loose (laughs) and all the Satanists were running around screaming. (laughs) The Satan gibbon then jumped onto Montague's shoulder. Remember fourth Earl of Montague, Uh Sandwich Man? He jumped onto his shoulder and wouldn't let go while John Montague was running around and quote, this is what he was screaming while the devil given was on him. <laughs> Spare me, gracious devil. You know I never committed a thousand part of the vices of which I boasted. Take somebody else. They're all worse than I am. I never knew that you'd really come or I'd never invoke thee. <laughs> like, you're a Satanist. How embarrassing these is guys, that? These guys are a bunch of posers. Without, my vo- without me doing a terrible voice for it. He said, spare me, gracious devil. You know I never committed a thousand part of the vices which I boasted. So chucking his mates under the bus yeah, immediately. immediately. Take somebody else. They're all worse than I am. I never knew that you'd actually come or I'd never have invoked thee. What a coward. <laughs> what an absolute coward. Massive coward. You're meant to be this like tough, immoral, hardcore Satanist. But when the devil actually appears... Him- you go crying for forgiveness. I mean, him, him massively... Uh- poorly managing the navy to the point of the creation of a new superpower it all makes sense it all makes sense and anyway after that he was kicked out of the club he got kicked out of it. after the baboon incident he got did, kicked did out did he create the club or he was just part he of was it? just a member yeah oh gosh what a loser i know what an absolute bum <laughs> and then um you know john montague hated john milks for, for the rest of his life but like yeah he got kicked out of the club john, for, john for being Wilkes. an absolute like wet piece of toast you know you know <laughs> <laughs> you know John Wilkes like every time he went drinking for the rest of his life so like around that time I went with a baboon <laughs> that, was a, that, was that a is a great story that is a fantastic story if that was like one of your university stories like Freshers Week stories that would be mate, that would I, like go down in legend mate, I would start every podcast reciting the story every single <laughs> remember time. That time remember that time <laughs> with the gibbon dress as Satan wasn't that awesome I wouldn't even know where you'd get a baboon these days I, I was going to say I, I don't even know where you'd get a devil outfit for a baboon Back in the 1600s. 
I mean, these guys had a lot of money. They did. Do what thou will. <laughs> Virgin, come here, dress the baboon in a devil <laughs> First, make me the costume. Make me the costume. From your tears. And bring me a, a Portsmouth, and uh, then we'll dress the baboon, and then hide it. So that was the, uh, that's where the kind of, the name, I guess, the branding mm-hmm. of the sandwich has come from. I'm amazed it didn't fall out of favour, considering, like, what a, after that incident. Like, if they were, like... It's like, hey, let's get a sandwich. Nah, screw that. That that loser. Let's let, let's get a let's get a Wilkes. I imagine people didn't know about oh, what these guys been. were up to. Oh, so 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 this wouldn't have been like widespread knowledge. No, hey, the Grand Admiral of the Navy got spooked by a devil baboon. Exactly, and got kicked out of his. Lane and I imagine off. most people didn't know about the West Wickham Hellfire Club caves either. Do you think once uh... this is definitely like rural country by day? Yeah. So I was about to say something not PG. Um, <laughs> get up to dusty things at night. I wonder if um, this is just pure speculation, because I love the, the idea of these different guys all talking and having their own little agendas. I wonder if, at, like, at some point where it was just admitted where they were like, "Yeah, we've bloody lost the colonies" or something. If John Wilkes was just there again with a little drink, being like, "Classic, <laughs> classic Montague." Obviously, he wasn't able to get the colonies. Or maybe he was like, "He's he's like he's ruining this." Let's get the gibbon in. <laughs> he needs. He needs. He needs out of this club. I wonder if. I wonder if the Earl of Sandwich had a lifelong fear of monkeys from then on. Or was it Satan's all agenda for the Americas to oh. be created anyway? I wonder if he actually did have a more of a bigger fear of Satan after that, or more of a or less respect for Satan after that, because it all got made a mockery of by a baboon. I think he was just trying to fit in. <laughs> I re- I really think he thought like I'm in a really cool club. Like, you know, this is different to what everyone else is doing. But as soon as, like, you know, the shit hit the fan. Yeah, he's out. He's yeah, done. out. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm not really this thing. So he's obviously still terrified of God <laughs> and getting in trouble. Let me go back to being a crap admiral. Exactly. Speaking of crap admirals, let's get him out of our lives. <laughs> um, because, like, the, I mean, the practice of putting stuff between bread has been around long before the Earl. Yeah. And we heard a little bit about his travels in, like, Turkey and Greece and Meze and... And how that might have been exactly, and and that might have inspired him to put things together. So, Hillel the Elder was an ancient Jewish sage who was alive before and during the first century. So we're talking like BCE or you know old uh, BC and throwing it way back. Yeah, and then he was part into AD as well, so CE now. Um, He used to put the sacrificial lamb from the Passover ceremony in between two pieces of flatbread with uh, particular spices essentially making a wrap, which sounds delicious, right? Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's really got me. Right. Because, because that... <laughs> Should we just screw the rest of the podcast? <laughs> we get some food? I just like, <laughs> get Uber Eats open, let's get a wrap. <laughs> uh, but according to PBS.org, the herbs in the wrap itself symbolised the bitterness of slavery and the bread resembled the flatbreads made in haste by the ancient Israelites as they fled Egypt. So Hillel the Elder was living under the reign of King Herod at the time, um, you know, the one who tried to kill mm-hmm. Jesus by killing all the babies. Yes. So what he was doing with like his food was like, you know, religious and ceremonial. What he was adding into it was like part of, you know, his ceremony. I, I do remember hearing about the flatbread thing. Like it came about because there wasn't time to have fully raised bread or whatever. So this, yeah, like you said, kind of became a symbol of 
that um, aspect of their lives. And like fleeing and slavery, yeah. 100%. So it's been around, it's been around for a while. And in the Middle Ages, so the 16th and 17th centuries, people used fixed slices of stale bread as a kind of plate. And you touched on that when you were doing your Western cutlery episode. I stole a bit of thunder there, my bad. So these, these chunks of thick stale bread were called trenches. Okay. And the juices and the fats and stuff from their food would be absorbed by the trenches and then the bread would be given to poor people and not actually eaten by the oh, people so having the, the meal. The nobility were the ones that used the stale bread as... I think anyone with a little bit of money, anyone who could afford to buy, not necessarily the upper classes, but anyone who could go to like a tavern or yeah. an inn and, and afford a meal. Okay. So the trencher w- became a sort of plate and that would absorb all the... I guess, like, I mean, like, people today would be like, give me that bread, sounds yeah, delicious, 100%, say, like, yeah. why are you giving that, that away? That sounds like the best part. But it would be given to poor people or dogs to eat. That is, of course, if the original diner wasn't still hungry. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. It sounds delicious. Yeah. It probably wasn't. And so if you were done with your meal and you were full, you would then the give, the trencher out, give the trencher to someone less fortunate than you or give it to, like, some animals to eat. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. And at the same time, in the Netherlands cured beef would be like hung from the ceiling and that would be carved and served with bread and butter to customers again delicious this this episode's killing me do you know it's like the idea of just like this is very this is going very ron swanson parks and rec (laughs) right now but the idea of just like this huge slab of meat not like a kebab shop rotisserie Mm -hmm. type thing where you're like how much is that you know what percentage of that is actually chicken but like an actual like lump of like cured beef hanging from a rafter and just like someone just like peeling a slice of it off like huge slams of off of a bit of bread and butter yum <sighs> why didn't we eat before this <laughs> i'm so annoyed so we could treat ourselves with sandwiches i mean portsmouth <laughs> after a couple of wickhams so i think i think it suffices to say that the idea of putting things between slices of bread has been around for as long as there has been bread i am trying to figure out why why the, why the sandwich dude was the one, why that name pr- proliferated rather than everything else. I guess it proliferated in England and became widespread there. And then it's just a case of cultural influence thing. People, you know, sailing around the world, the UK being the UK, England being the one that would be going around sending people abroad, trying to colonize places, all that kind of stuff, and bring the word sandwich with them. Absolutely. That, that's my assumption. And it's quite interesting you bring that up because... It actually took a long time for the sandwich to be popularized in the US mm-hmm. because America has just come out of the foot, come out from under the foot of, oh, of so the they're, UK they're and, to... and the tyranny of like the UK of like you know the English government and the English uh, monarchy, um, and so they didn't want anything to do with like their former masters. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to like bring any of that culture with them because they, they were creating their own. They want nothing to do with it. Yeah, so sandwiches took a bit longer to get to them. I wonder if. If that's why they're not big on tea. Potentially. Is that a thing? Maybe. I'm gonna Obviously, like, the Boston Tea Party is, like, yeah. PTSD for a lot of people as yeah. well. And Surely so, still. <laughs> my lord. Because I, I've, I've seen, like... I remember seeing a TikTok of someone trying to make a cup of tea in America, and it was really upsetting. Oh, I think I've seen that video. The one where they just do everything wrong. And I think and they're doing like, it wrong on purpose. Oh, 100%. Because no one could be that insane. Yeah, boil the milk. Oh, yeah. don't they heat up in a microwave or yeah, something as something, well? something absolutely barbaric. <gasps> Evil 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 um so that's kind of the the history of sandwiches and how like the name has been popularized okay. and you know it's 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 part of our tapestry of humanity you mm-hmm. know i think yeah i think the story of sandwiches sandwiches are 
we've had them as long as there's been bread. Yeah. But it's not that the Earl of Sandwich invented them, but that's how the name became popularised. He, he, he popularised it and he, I guess he was, uh, he waved a flag for it and very narcissistically put his title all over it. There you go. I'm sure, I'm sure he didn't stop people from saying that when someone was Probably like, oh, not. I'll get a sandwich. He was like, whoa, 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 let's not have any of that. He was like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's kind of like that bit in Casino Royale when, um, do you know, James Bond just like makes that cocktail and he's like, I'm going to call that a Vespa. (laughs) And then it's like, that's it. And it's like, oh, that's so cool. I need to try that drink. But I imagine Earl of Montague was definitely not as suave as Daniel Craig in Casino Royale. No, no, probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Probably gambled as much, but just not successfully. So now I wanted to talk about some popular sandwiches. Oh, okay. Now, now we're talking. Yeah, because people have very strong opinions about sandwiches. <laughs> the first one I wanted to talk about was the Reuben. Have you heard of the Reuben? I feel like I have, but I wouldn't be able to say what it is. Right. And this is why I was, said, mentioned earlier about sandwiches being associated with people's names. Mm-hmm. The, Reuben, the Reuben comes from someone's name. So the Reuben is corned beef, Swiss cheese, sauerkraut and Russian dressing grilled between slices of rye bread. It sounds... It looks amazing. It sounds pretty good. It, I, the, the the look of it and the idea of it sounds bl- so delicious. I have to say, I don't think... Whatever sandwich you're planning to make later, I don't think it's going to live up to all these things you're about to say. Do you don't think it's going to cut the mustard down? <laughs> Boo! <laughs> that was a good one! <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm booing because I didn't think of it first. Right, you need to you need to up the pun game, my friend. Okay, I'll try. So... I'll write. The... <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um... <laughs> so the Reuben is very popular in New York because it was invented there. But mm-hmm. that is apparently not true anymore. Because it's... So not... New York have a relationship with the Reuben, apparently. Mm-hmm. And it's very famous in New York. But I've got a different story, which is more recent, which changes the origin of the Reuben sandwich. So the story goes that Arnold Reuben, so this is the New York version of the Mm -hmm. tale. Is there a time period for this? So it was around the Charlie Chaplin era, so we're talking about the 40s, 50s? So the story goes that Arnold Reuben invented this particular sandwich for one of Charlie Chaplin's leading ladies who came into his diner. But according to Elizabeth Wheel through Savoir.com, her grandfather actually invented the Reuben in his father's hotel in Nebraska. And they're saying the Reuben is still the same ingredients that you said before. Well, this is where this is where it's a bit this is where it gets a bit contentious. Okay. Again, people have very strong opinions about sandwiches. <laughs> and Clearly. you know, I've I've walked into this like almost like I wouldn't it's almost like a love triangle um <laughs> about like where the Reuben comes from. It's like a lot of argument going on. And so the arg- one of the arguments is that the Reuben, supposedly, that is the Reuben, because there's like national Reuben contests in America for oh. making the best Reuben. Oh, God. The New York one was, the ingredients weren't exactly the same. So it's like, how can you argue it's, it's the, the, the Reuben? Mm-hmm. So apparently it was actually invented in a hotel in Nebraska by, by a man. Uh, his name was Bernard Skimmel. And Will says, so she's the great-granddaughter, my great grandfather's friends in Omaha, Nebraska, began gathering to play poker at the Blackstone Hotel. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Gambling and sandwiches Still coming in. That relationship continues, you know. Inevitably, the men got hungry around the card table and they called down to my grandfather. This is Elizabeth Wheel speaking. And the grandfather being Bernard Schimmel, mm-hmm. who oversaw the hotel's kitchen for snacks. 
So Rubin Kulakowski, one of the players, my grandfather created a sandwich. Corned beef, Swiss cheese, sauerkraut and Russian dressing pressed on hot rye bread. And Reuben loved it. Everyone loved it. And the sandwich went on the hotel menus. And it's named not after the creator of the sandwich, but it's named after the poker player. Right. Who the sandwich was made for. Right. Similarly with Sandwich himself, it was something that was made for him. But obviously his name had far Mm -hmm. more wider sweeping consequences. How do we know this is true? Well, the Nebraska State Historical Society found a menu from the Blackstone Coffee Shops. It was a Blackstone Hotel from 1937, which is the oldest mention of the Reuben sandwich in America. God damn. So New York holding on to the Reuben sandwich as its own. It's not true. belongs to Nebraska. Wow. who, Who would have thought that Nebraska of all places would have led to this? I don't even know where Nebraska is. I want to say Ohio. And oddly, I think I might correct, <laughs> but I'm not sure. Okay. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> okay, I won't, I won't, I won't. So that's like the history of the Reuben and the history of where sandwiches have come from. Have you ever had a Reuben? I haven't. I I'm desperate to now. It sounds really good. But I want one with all of those things. I don't want like a weird... Half a Reuben. I don't want to go to like a weird fancy indie restaurant, like hipster restaurant <laughs> and get some sort of, you know off Reuben or like you know a brew dog Reuben I want Reuben-esque I want the an actual Reuben sandwich you want to go to Nebraska have you ever yes a hundred percent sandwich tour that is our next holiday okay well we were meant to be going we, we said at some point we do like an American tour and we never did it <gasps> the American sandwich tour American sandwich tour sounds I'm great I'm down we'll just go from like every national sandwich competition to the next one <laughs> well We'll be so fat. And one day, when our podcast is huge, we might be invited as guest judges. Ooh. That'd be amazing. I'll put that in a diary. Put that in a diary. That'd be sick. Right, put a light pencil on that one. Okay. Yeah. Noted. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to hear the most popular sandwiches in the UK? At the risk of my stomach grumbling, yes. Let's do it. I'd love to know what your favourite sandwich is, Mm -hmm. first of all. Oh, first. Yeah. Let's see see if your one is in the top UK sandwiches. So there's two sandwiches that I can think of that are my favourite sandwich. Okay. I know the name of one of them. Right. And I don't know the name of the other. I'll start with the one that does have a name. Uh, it's one I had in the Philippines. And actually, both of these were both uh, sandwiches I had after a very heavy night of drinking. Okay. And the day after, I had a sandwich and I thought I was eating the face of God. And the one in the Philippines I had was a Cubano. Ooh. Or a Cuban, depending on who you ask. It's the one that is... Some kind of salty meat, whether it's pastrami or something like that, with. <laughs> I've just mouthed today. I'm so hungry because he's just describing it. And I'm like holding my stomach because I'm I'm scared of the growl. It's 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 toasted buttered bread oh. with some kind of salt. I think it's pastrami or something along those lines, um, and then uh, pickles or gherkins or something on top. And I oh. think it's a bit of cheese. And and that that's it. And uh, probably some kind of sauce. I can't remember. I was so hungover. But I remember it being amazing. And it tasted amazing. I took a photo. I still have a photo of it. And I think I took the photo because I sent it to you. Because this is back in 2016. And I sent it to you saying, my favourite sandwich has now been replaced. Because of my other favourite sandwich was the one that we had. Yes. At the Bulldog Cafe in Zagreb. Let's talk about this. And this was a sandwich that we found. I believe I was at Bulldog. After, again, another heavy night of drinking and regrets. We're talking... Uh, 2014. 2014. Me and Danny were interrailing through Europe and 
one, we had one night in Zagreb, which was a great night. Was it just the one night? Yeah, it was yeah one, we had, it was we had one, one night. We had loads of plans for the next day to see stuff. <laughs> we had a day and a night and a day. Yeah. And the previous day, we did some sightseeing. Went Museum to, of Broken Relationships. Museum Shout Broken out to them. Great place. Go there. Top place. Had some awesome food and then went out on a bar crawl, which is always a mistake. Or always a given, uh, just depending on who you are. We met Boris. I don't remember Boris, and I don't um, remember if that was in Zagreb or if it was in Ljubljana. No, that was definitely in Zagreb. We went to a rooftop bar, and we made a friend called Boris, or at least I did, <laughs> who would not stop trying to peddle me drugs and take me out of the club. So, uh, how selfish of him. How selfish of him. So I, I, I didn't go with him, fortunately. But uh, <laughs> the next day, we went to this cafe called the Bulldog Cafe. Still there, I went recently. You went recently. I went a couple of years ago, actually, to recreate this moment, which was our hungover club sandwich. Mm-hmm. And that was just, I just, I remember being there and we were so happy, weren't we? We, was, we were happy because we were very, very upset and hungover. And we, I think we were just waiting for a train at this point. I think we'd given up on our plans. We're like, yeah. we're just waiting for a train and trying to find somewhere nice with our stupidly heavy bags. We and had a, we had a um, overnight train after. Oh God. Even just the thought of it just makes me upset. Well, we weren't 30 for knowledge then. We weren't. <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were 24, young, dumb and full of... <laughs> Full of Portsmouth. <laughs> so much Full of bread. But I believe we actually... <laughs> We're going to cut all of this. Um, we, uh, I believe the actual sandwich, it, like I said, it was a club sandwich. So it was like chicken, bacon, lettuce, buttered toast. And I think I remember it having an egg in it. Yeah, had a fried egg. It had a fried egg. Served with um, really salty fries. Yeah, and I think a really sweet orange juice. I'm getting a bit lightheaded. I'm... Um, about to pass out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're you're going to say that your favourite sandwich those two was, was that was the a bulldog, Cubano. I say a Cubano and a Bulldog Club. The club sandwich, mm-hmm. right? So, I would say just before you go any further, do you have a favourite sandwich? I was going to say like I do love a club sandwich. Uh-huh. My other favourite, for like nostalgia's sake, is um, I used to love and I still do chicken and sweet corn sandwiches. Gross. Because every <laughs> so, time... Sorry to end the train, but... <laughs> chicken and sweet corn. Oh, speaking, speaking of trains, sorry enough you brought that up. So I used to be very, like, travel sick as a kid. This is not a great story. I'm not hungry anymore, no. This might put you off for at least five minutes, because <laughs> we're going to keep talking sandwiches. I was quite, like, a bit quite travel sicky kid mm-hmm. as a, as a growing up. So when uh, whenever we'd get a train to Clacton, where my parents' caravan is... I'd always get a chicken and sweet corn sandwich, and it was delicious. Is this so? This like chicken mixed with like mayonnaise and sweet corn, yeah. it's kind of like a spread. Yeah, it's basically. Okay, I, I think I've seen that hovering around. It's many. essentially filler. Yeah, not yeah. like this episode, which is not. <laughs> <laughs> Crap! I keep meaning to come up with more puns, and I keep missing them. I think I have seen that about. I think like Marks and Spencers will. It's do that like kind of it's thing. basic, but it's so so oh, nice. No, sorry, it totally covers it. I mean, not for me personally. Yeah, but yeah. I know it's a popular thing. I do, I do like a bit of like fresh lettuce or like salad leaf in the sandwiches as well. Really depends on the rest of the filling. And that's why I think the club brings it all together yeah. with bacon, chicken, sometimes an egg, lettuce, chips. Do they, do oh. they, they have tomato in it? Yeah, um, chuck it in. Yeah. I'll have it. Bung it all in. So the most popular sandwiches in the UK, this is according to the Yorkshire Times, uh, which has been reporting a survey by Food Hub. Mm-hmm. Are these in any particular order? Are you going from like... This top is to top UK. Yeah, this is order. Okay. They only interviewed 2,000 people. Bunch of amateurs. And I don't know if they only interviewed 2,000 people in Yorkshire. <laughs> or whether the Yorkshire Times didn't have enough... Does Yorkshire have 2,000 people? Well, um, yes, they do. <laughs> 
um, or well, whether this was like maybe Yorkshire was very slow that day and they needed something to put in the news. Uh, so the survey got on there and I'm glad it did. Okay. So I'll start from the bottom. So uh, number 10, favourite sandwiches, uh, sausage sandwich. Oh, can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. I've got a lot of time for a sausage sandwich. So much time for a sausage sandwich. Roast chicken sandwich. I'm going to say, yeah, really depends on, on how dry or not dry your chicken is. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that one for like shop-bought would be no. my favourite. But if you had like... Oh, yeah. Chicken leftovers, Ch- uh, like roast chicken leftovers, okay. and you put that in a sandwich. Christmas Day leftovers in a sandwich oh. is usually the best one. Have you ever done that? Do you do With, that? And you put like stuffing in it. It's, it's the stuffing, a bit of leftover gravy, you warm it all up. It's usually bonza. The sa- I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. I can't believe, and maybe we have to talk about at the end, we have to talk about the famous sandwich from Friends. Oh, what, Ross's famous sandwich? Yeah. Joey's My sandwich! sandwich. Oh, sandwich. So I thought you were going to say Joey's sandwich, the one where he, 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 when he has to try and save someone's life and he saves a sandwich instead of Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about the, the yeah, moist yeah. maker. That was it, the bit of uh, gravy dipped the in gravy the The gravy-soaked bread, bread in, in the middle. middle. To stop it from getting dry, <sighs> which is my concern about a roast chicken sandwich. Okay. Okay, we have to make the sandwiches that I've made because I don't have the tools to make a moist maker. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Danny. But... Amateur. New life ambition. Make moist. the moist maker. Make the moist maker. I will make a whole Thanksgiving meal just so I can make the moist maker afterwards. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Binging with Babish has made some kind of variant of it because he's Let's find that episode and okay. watch it. We'll add it to the list of things we won't follow up on. Number eight, top UK sandwiches. Okay. Cheese and onion. Boo. And that's, that's not a sandwich. Cheese and onion? That's crisps. Who'd... They mean literal slices of cheese and slices of onion. Maybe, like... That's P- pickled onions, I'd say. Still gross. I like pickled onions on the sides. Maybe not in the sandwich. I think my stomach was about to rumble and then it heard cheese <laughs> onion and it just went, nope. Nope. Uh, number seven, egg sandwich. Fair enough. Probably like egg crests, egg and mayo. Mm. I've got a lot of time for that. I'm fine with that. I, I think because I'm not a, a massive egg guy unless there's multitudes of other toppings yeah, fair. there as well. If it's just plain egg. I know people love it. I'm not that big of a guy for it. I'm quite a fan of a, of a plain egg sandwich from Pret if I'm on the go and I'm hungry. That's delicious. I didn't even know they made a plain egg sandwich at Pret. Really good. It's saying like 150. Really? It's really good. Hmm. Um, so that was number five. Uh, number, no, sorry, that was number seven was egg. Number six, chip butty. Ooh. Okay. Just outside the top five. Just outside the top. See, think I've only had them a few times in my life. They've always appealed to me, but I've just never gone out of my way to do it. Okay. Because... I think with a chip butty, it's normally I'm going to make chips and I'm going to put them in a sandwich, right? Yeah. You never have leftover chips the next day and you're no. like, well, it'd be great, put them in a sandwich because that's usually horrific. If you're getting a chip butty, you're either buying it for a fish and chip shop uh-huh. that some of them still do chip butties or you're going out of your way to, to make, make yourself a, yeah. a chip butty. I think I, I haven't gone out of my way to make one because I don't even make chips that often, but it does really appeal. It does appeal. Uh, when I was younger, it did appeal, but I was like, I think there's quite... something about it. It's just like, yeah. it's almost like a childish desire. I it want is. chips in a sandwich. Oh, it's just like, I want carbs and carbs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm carb loading, mum. I'm carb loading, mum. I've got a marathon to run. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm seven years old, but shut up. But even now that I have a marathon to run, it's, you, it's, it's, it's I, it doesn't list. appeal to me anymore. Oh, no? No, it's oh. like, it's just putting beige thing in beige thing. I like my food to have a bit of colour. What sort of, but with ketchup on? I guess. Oh, it has to have ketchup okay, in it, yeah. yeah. Oh, imagine it dry. It's literally buttered bread, chips and salt. This is slightly... Yellow, 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 yellow. <laughs> this is slightly off tangent. But do you remember... I remember there being a slight, a small article. I think in like 2009, you know, right at the arse end of the last um, 
of that particular financial crisis. And whenever these things happen, there's always like news reports about like how to save money and how yeah. to like, you know, pinch the purse strings. And one of them was talking about the cheapest good sandwich you can make. And one of them was a toast sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> so that is. That is the, a, that is the driest thing I've ever heard. It is apparently. It is a you take a slice of bread, you butter it, you take a piece of bread and toast it, right. and butter it and put it on in the middle. Put salt and pepper, and then another piece of buttered bread on top. So it's bread toast bread. People allegedly like it. I remember zero of most of my twenties, but I remember this one news report about the toast sandwich, and I think we should try and make it. Because, we could. Because we can. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to make. <laughs> All of my shopping this morning has gone out the window. Okay. All the delicious ingredients I've I think, I think. I think if we make it, I think we should do it like, as like an Instagram live thing for, for the followers that we have. Yeah. If the sandwich episode gets at least 10 listens, <laughs> we will make the toast sandwich. And, do it, listeners. And we will eat it and be really unhappy about do it. Do it. Uh, do it, listeners. Get make, make us eat this horrific sandwich. <laughs> I don't want to, don't you? I don't want to eat a dry sandwich. It's like sandwich means... Sandy, I, I don't want to you eat a dry sandwich. You don't, you don't want the true namesake of this food. No, absolutely not. Anyway, toast. <laughs> but it goes back again. It kind of goes back to what you were talking about in your Western cutlery episode about how in uh, was it China and chopsticks they chopped food up finely, but they almost tricked the population into yeah from like, starvation. It was, it was it was a thing of um like yeah dealing with the fact that you had less food and yeah. less to eat with, so you had to have smaller portions, and it ended up being smaller bites. So they ended up doing that, and that led to everyone just using chopsticks because they were like, I don't have a giant steak, I don't need a fork, a right. fork. And so with this this toast recommendation, the toast sandwich <laughs> recommendation, coming from a financial crisis, yeah. it's like. How can you be as full as possible, eat three slices of bread? It does sound horrific when you say it like that. Just eat three slices of bread. And but be that quiet. is 100% the purpose yeah. behind it. It's just like, how can we stop the populace from being hungry? I do want... Stuff them with carbs. <laughs> I do wonder what the other sandwich options were on that uh, budget list, but I'm not going to look into it. It'll probably just... the other one was probably chip butty. It'll just upset me. Probably. So we're in the top five now, UK okay. sandwiches. Top five. Number five, cheese. Just cheese. Just cheese. <sighs> Never been, never been one for it. If it was cheese on toast, cheese on—I was about to say cheese on toast all day. Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire. How do you say it? No idea. I say Worcester. Worcester. I think that's how you might say it. I think it's wrong because it. I don't think it. I think that's right. Maybe. I think. I think if you're a proper man. If you know how to say Worcestershire sauce, please send an email to thirtyflyage at outlook.com. I think if you're a real man of the realm, you say Worcester or Worcester. Worcester. That delicious black liquid, <laughs> that on cheese on toast, that, that golden nectar from the gods, <laughs> that on cheese on toast, bit of black pepper, bit of ketchup, amazing. I will be honest, I did kind of, during times when I have been poor, Yeah. Uh, I have made cheese on toast in, actually not even when I was poor, just when I was lazy, Yeah. I have made cheese on toast in a microwave, like an absolute heathen. Moving on. <laughs> Like, I don't even want to look at you. I don't. I don't I'll leave. I, I want to like, turn the. I want to turn the recording off now. I'll let you finish the podcast. No, I just. Right. I want. I. No, I actually want to know more about this. So, <laughs> it's because I, I can't be asked to turn on the grill and have it. You microwave uh, the bread. No. Well, yes. As in, I toast the bread. I butter the bread. I put the cheese slices on you top. You put butter in the. Okay. <laughs> like I said, not my proudest moment. So you buttered the bread. I buttered the toast. So you toast it. I toast first. it. Okay. I put butter on it. 
I put slices of cheese on top and right. I put it in the microwave for like 30 seconds. To melt the cheese. Uh-huh. And it kind of works. Was it nice? It's all right. Okay. It no. wasn't as bad as like, I, I pictured like... It's not great. I pictured like you were t- trying to toast the bread in the microwave. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think I would. That's why I was offended. We can try it. I wouldn't recommend it. It could be part of the experiments. Yeah. Um, Instagram Live. 10 yeah. followers, come on. <laughs> Number four, tuna. I had a tuna sandwich today. How was that? It was good. It's from Pret, but, only, but with the caveat of it has to have slices of cucumber. Oh, yeah. Can't, I, I, a bit of colour, Danny. A bit of colour, a bit of texture, because mm. tuna can just be a bit... Mushy. Mushy. Um, yeah, I, I, I can deal with it. With a bit and of also sometimes a bit too tunery. A bit too tunery, a bit chewy. Uh, number three, top UK sandwiches, cheese and pickle. Got a lot of time for that. It's a household favourite uh, of mine. My dad loves a plowman. Really? Yeah. Well, when we say pickle, we're talking gherkins or... When I hear cheese and pickle, I I hear like a ploughman's, you know, Branston pickle, you know, Mm -hmm. like the dark pickle. Yeah. No. Yummy. Big no. No? No. It's quite tangy. It's not for everyone. It's very tangy. Yeah, it's not for everyone. That's that's like ploughman's. That's like a Worcestershire sauce sandwich, but with none of the melted cheese. Get it in there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Please. Um, Send help. Please, someone like Uber Eats or something. Um, (laughs) Second one. Top two. Uh, So second, ham and cheese. I cannot argue with it. I can't believe that is number two. I think you're going to be offended by number one. I See, I have a thought, because there's one sandwich I have in my mind that hasn't been mentioned yet, and I'll wait to hear what number one is. Ham and cheese is perfectly awesome. Yeah. I've had many a ham and cheese, but I think it's because it's so common. I wouldn't put that as the number two sandwich in the yeah. country. I think, I, think, I think it's some people's go-to. It's easy to make. It's always filling. It's always and it's there. and you know if you take care of it, it's like really delicious. Oh yeah, you can you can never you can't go wrong with it. Especially Ex- oh you go. You I go. was going to say you can't go wrong with it except for the one or two times you'll buy it in a supermarket and that they say they've added mustard to it, which I take massive offence to. All right, because how dare they add mustard to a ham and cheese sandwich and ruin a perfectly good meal? Like I'm masters. pointing at the phone as if the phone is at fault here. But <laughs> I need the to phone point, is MS, damn you. I, I need to point at someone and say, cut it out and pack it in. It's cut not, out the mustard. It's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> I realise with hindsight now that I didn't really look into crusts and the ideas behind people cutting their crusts off. Because that, I think that, that mortally offends me as well. It just seems a bit pedantic. But um, again, if you're someone who takes the crust off their sandwiches, I'd love to know. I like mustard. Mustard in a sandwich is great. Mustard is fine at times, but I think I prefer not to be too much of a... Would you just prefer butter in your hand? I was going to say, sandwich? not to be too much of an Americanophile, Americanophile, but I like American mustard. I don't like okay. weird, spicy... Whole grain... Coleman mustard. I don't uh, like Dijon anything. mustard. I don't know. I just because it's a French word and you famously hate French stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate it. I just can't pronounce any of it, as we've seen. No, I just, whatever the mustard is that they put in hamburgers and hot dogs, that's what I like. That, that Americanized mustard yeah. is that a lot of time for. Fair enough. Number one sandwich in so, the so, UK. So the thing that I'm about to take offence to. Bearing in mind, this was 2,000 people what being year? reported in Yorkshire Times. What year? Um, I think it was about 2017. Number one sandwich in the UK Here we go. is a burger. Oh. Which annoys me. What do they specify any kind of burger? Nope. They just say a, burger. A beef burger. Nope, just says burger. Burger. Who was in charge of this? So Food Hub. <laughs> food Hub. Food Hub, you suck. That shouldn't have been an option. That's not an option. That's not a sandwich. I'm so glad you're on the same page with me at this. <laughs> this is like why we're friends. So a burger, I understand 
going by my own definition of sandwich earlier. Ooh, yes, I've yes. dug my own grave. Yes. yes, I know. Yes, I said something edible between two sides of the bread. But a burger... Oh my gosh, it's a square <laughs> being a rectangle again. Yes, a burger is a sandwich, but like it shouldn't count. It doesn't count. A burger is so different to sandwiches. It is. It's it's entirely different. It's it's complicated. I can't explain why. <laughs> it's it, it's a very difficult subject. I, I I don't want to be petty and say you can't have a round sandwich. Okay. Yeah. Because because it's a it's a round sandwich, right? But then flatbreads can be round. Tortillas or, are round. Or, or what about? Um, but would you call that a wrap and not a sandwich? I have I have a better question. <sighs> what about something like a butty, like a bacon and sausage butty, which is in like a round bun? And it's cooked. Yeah, it's cooked and it's in a round bun, not a slice of bread, but in buns. But we don't call them sandwiches. We call them buns. So that's a UK visitor. <laughs> <laughs> What a word. <laughs> that's a UK-ism? It's, UK. Yeah, that's a that's an Englishism, isn't it? Calling I, it a butty. Yeah, but, but you don't call it a sandwich, no matter what happens. You would never look at that bun. Give us a chip sandwich, love. And they give you and they give you a bun. Is that fine? Is that next Oh, no, I'd be like, yeah, that's what I wanted, a butty. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I think we're going into the grey area here. We're going from between fork and spoon and the middle is spork. Butty and a sandwich, and in the middle is a burger. burger I, 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 I did dig, dig my own grave with my definition of sandwich. <laughs> I, I will give You're everyone so adamant that, about it. But like, I still feel like a burger is not a sandwich. I, yeah, and it's a waste opportunity to have another sandwich on that list. I, I'm surprised they don't. They don't have. What like did a, you think number one was going to be? Well, you said it was going to be controversial, so I thought it was going to be something really, really boring, like a jam sandwich or like. Um, peanut butter sandwich or something Jam didn't like even get in there. Interesting. The thing that... The one that I was going to mention that I was surprised wasn't on the list at all, and maybe this is just shows more about me than anything else, was a fish finger sandwich, which I think is a classic. People love fish finger sandwiches. And, like, I could murder one right now, but now I'm angry as well. Are you angry about the burger thing? I just, it just feels so... It feels so left field. It feels like a very kind of... Season 8 of Game of Thrones kind of thing. <laughs> like, it just doesn't feel right. I'm so glad you've seen it. You can make those references now. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. The burger being at the top of that list is like Daenerys dying at the end of Game of Thrones. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> um, it's been a long time. Some, some people are going to get rid of it. <laughs> Do you want to hear the US, t- the US top sandwiches? I swear to God, if they have... a no, 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 if this was like the US list of top burgers and a ham sandwich at the top, I'd be... I'd, <laughs> kick off. I prefer this list. Okay. So this list is circa 2017. Okay. Uh, from eatthis.com. And, so according and to, sandwiches. And this is sandwiches. Okay. So the US top sandwiches, according to eatthis.com. Number 10. Top 10. Mm-hmm. Pulled pork. Delicious. Oof. Good for you, America, for getting some, like, Excellent. fresh, new, like, pulled pork is, like, old now, but still pretty current. Excellent choice. Excellent choice, Excellent top 10. start. Excellent start. Number 9. Peanut butter and jam. Boo. I love it. <laughs> peanut butter and peanut butter and jelly. Let's do it properly. Peanut butter and jelly is delicious. I've never had peanut butter and jam. Do you like peanut butter? No. Well, you won't like it then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we solved that. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> I like jam. I, this, is, this is the thing. These feel like two completely separate worlds. Going from a pulled pork sandwich to a peanut butter and jam sandwich it's different it's different settings though it's that's why the sandwich is so versatile so Danny. Versatile. it's ridiculous much like the fork <laughs> it's exactly like the fork 
Fuck you. Um, <laughs> number eight is a bacon sandwich. In America? Yeah. It's very Ron Swanson with them. I love it. So it wasn't mentioned in the UK list at all? No. Nope. But it's number eight in America? Yeah. Like, I didn't even see... Uh, UK didn't even have BLT. I'm, I'm I gonna, love a, a club sandwich. Is just an even sexier look, I'm BLT. Not, I'm not going to lay blame at anyone, but I'm going to blame Yorkshire for this because they're the ones. They didn't make the survey. They just shared the news. <laughs> <laughs> Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> uh, number seven is the club sandwich. <laughs> I mean, need we say more? No, no, no. I, I think we've already. If you done if it. you have not had a club sandwich in your life, like stop whatever you're doing, whether you're driving. <laughs> Whether you're on the tube, get off it. If you keep the podcast playing, but yeah, stop yeah, everything keep else. listening to us. But go get a club sandwich from somewhere with chips on the side. You won't go wrong. Preferably hungover. Number six, BLT, bacon, lettuce, and cheese. What? Bacon, lettuce, and tomato. <laughs> <laughs> bacon, lettuce, and to cheese. <laughs> T'Challa. Um, bacon, lettuce, and uh, tomato. And, and tomato. Okay. I, I, for some reason, I kept. Uh... Uh, m- merging BLT and uh, club in my head. They're very similar apart from the chicken. Yeah. So I think point. a club sandwich is uh, an evolved version of the BLT. <laughs> a bit more going on in it. And number five, so in top five Amer- uh, US sandwiches now, ham sandwich. Okay. Again, I, I feel, I don't think I've, maybe I've watched too much TV. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen an American eat a ham sandwich before. When I, when I, when I read this as ham, I see our ham, which is either, you know, like, the cheap 50 slices wafer thin ham, which is like cat ham. You know, <laughs> <Okay>. Delicious. <laughs> Wonderful. I, we call it, I call it cat ham because it's what I used to feed to my now deceased cat, long live Zoe. Or you get like the really posh, like Wiltshire crusted ham, which is like delicious. You get like, four slices and it's like a fiver. And I swear it tastes exactly the same. <laughs> probably tastes exactly the same. In fact, probably tastes a bit more fatty than the other ones. Yeah. Um, but when I read like US ham, I picture more like Joey making sandwiches from oh, friends yeah. when it's like the pastrami and like the bologna and all that, those kind of like sliced meats. Okay, better. Yeah, just like generally better. Number four, roast beef. Okay. Roast beef sandwich. Delicious. Roast beef is awesome. Yeah. Roast beef in a sandwich is great. Can't go wrong. Number three, turkey sandwich. Ooh, Okay. Because yeah, again tur- we're in like Thanksgiving leftover Christmas yeah, dinner vibes. Yeah, it's not it's not as prevalent here to just have turkey. I think if you ever go into a person's house here and they have turkey just in the fridge, I'm like you're a bit weird. It's not December. <laughs> What's wrong with you? What is wrong? With you? <laughs> you're not American. Saying that, I've started buying turkey. If I'm going to eat meat in a meal, I tried started trying like turkey mints and stuff. Yeah, it's better uh, for you to, and to like be fair, cleaner I've done for the you. Same thing. Yeah. Number bacon. two, the grilled chicken sandwich. Again. It's a lot of meat. It's good, isn't it? It's a lot of meat in this one. It's very American. Very American. And finally, top US sandwich. Don't be a burger. And you know, it's not a burger, thank Christ. <laughs> um, but like, I, I, I get it. I get this one. And you know, and when I go to America again, like, I want to try it along with the Reuben. Just a classic grilled cheese sandwich. Grilled cheese. But like American but cheese, you know. actual grilled cheese. When you pull it apart, you see like the bright yellow gooiness flowing yeah. out of the sides. Yeah, you see... You see the cholesterol yeah. in its natural habitat. And I've and I've had like a proper grilled cheese made for me like at home where you like toast the sides and like you essentially cook the whole thing in butter and it is just incredible. I, this entire episode I've just been doing the Christian Bale American Psycho. Ooh, <laughs> kind of like, Ooh, yeah. Ooh that's a nice yeah. business card, man. Yeah, but sandwiches. Uh, so those were the top UK and the top US sandwiches. 
I think I, I, I feel out of all those, I think the, the American list started strong and I think it still straight stayed strong overall. hundred percent. Um, I think it tapered off towards the end. I think I much prefer the American list to, to the, in, uh, to the UK list just because the UK list sounds a lot more traditional yeah. in terms of fillings and stuff compared to what I like. Yeah. I think I, I'm a carnivore. I love... like. And the UK stuff. list kind of started strong and then petered out, didn't it? Yeah, not even any fish fingers. I'm so upset about it. Much like England at the Euros this year. Pretty much. It's exactly like that. Yeah. Just disappointing. Do you want to hear about some weird sandwiches? <laughs> yes. Of course you do. <laughs> I can't wait. Banana and mayonnaise. Uh, okay, I changed my mind. I don't want to hear about this. This is her- that's what the hell's that? Apparently, it's a Southern American thing, y'all. Wait, Southern US American or South America? No, Southern. Oh, sorry, sorry Southern US. Southern America. US. Okay, because yeah. I was picturing like Argentina, and you were just there, like y'all. Y'all. <laughs> no, apparently it's a, it's a US like Southern US banana and mayonnaise. Banana and mayonnaise. That's apparently, it's good. Horrific. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Picture the picture the. I can the see. Flavors. Yeah, I can see the sandwich. Taste it with your imagination. It just it just doesn't compute. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't come together. Banana slices. I've had banana slices on a peanut butter sandwich, and that's nice. Delicious. That's good. Not I mean, for mayonnaise. And I, you know. Also, who has a mayonnaise sandwich? Lunatics. I used to have salad cream sandwiches when I was like young, Nepalka. <laughs> I used to have white bread. No, no other comment. I used to have white bread with salad cream in between. Nothing that else. That was like my snack. Yeah. And you gave me shit for microwaving cheese. <laughs> I did. <laughs> you were more of an adult when you did that. I True. was a child. This was like three weeks ago, to be fair. So maybe, yeah. Mine's far less current. Okay. okay. Uh, speaking of peanut butter, peanut butter and pickle sandwich. Again, gross. Who I, is I, I think pickle is like gherkin. Yeah, but that doesn't... This is like the bad side of America, I think. This is, this is the Florida list, basically, at this point. A chow mein sandwich. It's very red. Exactly how it sounds. It's very red as I'm lost for words. <laughs> but my lord. Apparently it's like a sloppy joe. So I've been I've I've always been intrigued by the idea of a sloppy joe. Uh-huh, which is. is actually a sandwich, it's not a sort of weird sex act, Danny. That's why you're giggling. You've heard of a sloppy joe sandwich, like a sloppy Giuseppe. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like what they were doing, no, getting up to I, I, the Hellfire I, Club, right? I, I, I get I get what you're saying about the, about the curiosity about those, because it's one of those things, again, I've heard a million times in yeah. like TV shows and films, and sometimes they show it, I'm like, that looks incredible. Yeah. Let me have some of that. So Sloppy Joe is, because I looked up and I went to know what it was, is, is just basically ground mints in a tomato sauce, like a pasta it's, sauce it's served a in a bun. Yeah. It's bolognese. It's, a, it's kind of like the Italian meatball subway, essentially, but without the meatballs and just more mints. God, I'm hungry. But, like, Sloppy Joe sounds good. But chow mein... But, uh, essentially, chow mein sandwich is the same thing, but it's chow mein. That's completely different. (laughs) That's not the same at all. I suppose if you had, like, a bao bun, like, do you know, like, a kind of Vietnamese, maybe, or, like, some sort of Asian bread. But you don't have a bao bun with chow mein. Which is already noodles. Carbs on carbs. Yeah. It's, like, a a weird thing of, like, the chip butty again. The noodle butty. I tell you what, out of all the horrific lists so far, that's the best. That's the one I'll have. So far. You wouldn't... You, you, you try it. I try it. And you try a Sloppy Joe, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All day. Sloppy Joe's kind the of... The sandwich. Like, yeah. Because yeah, it's like... Yeah, the sandwich. <laughs> I want to find... I want to go on, like, Urban Dictionary now and, like, search Sloppy oh, Joe and find out what else it means. Don't you just upset yourself. Is it anything like the drunken pirate over it is called? So, um, I, um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. No, I don't want to know any further okay. about any of this. I didn't know that up, so it's fine. It's not part of the knowledge today. Yeah, chow mein sandwich. I don't know. Yeah, it's probably, like, the least offensive on this list. Are you ready for the last one? 
smoked salmon and dark chocolate spread. Mm. Hmm. Let me say it again. Smoked salmon mm-hmm. and dark chocolate spread. The dark chocolate spread and then shavings of smoked salmon on top of that. I have a feeling it's one of those really decadent things that you convince yourself tastes nice because you probably paid like 20 quid for it or something. I spent £25 on this Lochmere salmon from M&S and I need to use it. I need to use it all up before the end of the day. And the only thing I've got to eat it with is this slice of bread I've already put Nutella on. And, <laughs> no, it's oh, sorry, dark, sorry, it's dark sorry, chocolate spread. This elegant spread that I've yeah. put on. Uh, I don't even know if I've ever had dark chocolate spread. Well, I mean, like you don't really go into Sainsbury's, at least I don't working class man that I am, go into Sainsbury's or even Waitrose, you know, I don't buy Nutella, but like I, I see Nutella and I don't see anything else, yeah. really. I, I've never seen a dark chocolate spread. It probably exists and I haven't looked at it. Well, it probably costs like £9 from like bloody <laughs> Whole Foods. <laughs> Let's go. I don't know. Maybe we should try all these sandwiches, these horrible ones. I don't want to. We, we should take two each. Well, I'll take that one you and I'll can take have, Charming. You, you want dark salmon spread? And Charming. And well, yeah, what's what the other option? The other one's like horrific oh, mayonnaise. No, I'm and... having banana mayonnaise and peanut brown pickle. Yeah, it's horrible oh. to me. No, I'll do it. Ten listeners. <laughs> Ten listeners. Ten listeners. Ten listeners. Um, and, but apparently with this smoked salmon and dark chocolate spread, apparently from the BuzzFeed article I got this from, the person said, don't ask. Just. Don't question it. Just eat it. Just make it. I swear it's good. Promise. Direct quote. The reason I I hesitated on that one is because I do remember another news article thingy where... um, The reason I hesitated was because I do remember another news article or post or something where people were talking about different flavours, different flavour profiles and things that match up. And they found out that uh, caviar and dark chocolate... No, caviar and white chocolate match. Interesting. So if you had... If you ate caviar with white chocolate, they're meant to be complementary to each other and it's meant to taste nice yeah but it just sounded like lunacy so that's why i think the dark chocolate and salmon works because it might be along the same lines but that's a very very rickety hypothesis to you know base a flavor on and i think these things sound horrible on paper (laughs) but i think you're absolutely right certain types of flavors match up and then there's like interesting just combinations yeah in your mouth <laughs> it's all very oral isn't oh, it oh yeah it's all very oral and like there's, there's so much going on in the background it's been um, an oral kind of day <laughs> so now that we've yeah we've we've addressed several different types of sandwiches we've gone through how sandwiches are popularised and I just wanted to end with a a little kind of note from my past so I had a, a friend at university who defined people as <laughs> either a dry lunch mm-hmm. talking about dry things again or a wet sandwich. Oh, wow. Okay. And I reached out to this friend um, because the two definitions are just so funny and just crack me up. So, and, and we all know people like this mm-hmm. or like one of the other. So a wet sandwich, a person who would be a wet sandwich is someone who's well-meaning, probably enthusiastic, easy to excite or content with the small. Wouldn't want to be trapped in a lift with them. <laughs> Probably have a long-term partner who you've never actually met, but seems equally content to spend a quiet weekend, catch up on Doctor Who, and then Simon Mason for catcher. <laughs> That's what a wet sandwich is like. Okay. I didn't expect to be called out in this episode. All right. <laughs> Do you feel attacked, Uh I, dep- I, was, I was going to say, I would wonder what we would be 
between of these two between a wet sandwich and a dry lunch. So so, so far you're feeling you're feeling wet sandwich feels very a uh, bit close to home. Again, maybe this says more about me than anything else, but mm. yeah, it feels it feels like it hits close to home. You feel like the way that you feel like that's the way your butter your butter spread. Change Doctor Who to another t- Westworld. To, yeah, put Westworld in there. And, and that's you. Yeah, and that's me. And then you made some focaccia, did you? Pretty much. <laughs> and then a dry lunch person, someone you define as a dry lunch, is someone you've probably, possibly the worst of the two out of wet sandwich <laughs> and dry right. lunch, but a higher chance you've had better nights out with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah? On occasion. They're ostensibly cool. They might own a faded oversized shirt, roll tobacco, or have some sort of passion for sportswear. Um, they probably know a lot about Deep House and can gr- grade cocaine's potency on sight. <laughs> Uh, not a lot to say for themselves. Uh, they've been to Dimensions Festival a few years ago and they got hectic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that bit. Okay, that bit. You aren't sure what they do for work, but you've bumped into them at the occasional party or a chance meeting at a corner shop at 2am. So they seem to be affording rent, okay? You know they have their people, but aren't sure what they are or who they are or what they will say to each other. <laughs> That's so good. I feel like, yeah, I feel like, you know, um, there's elements the of both. But I'm probably definitely, if I had to be one of those two, I feel like I'm neither of those things. Mm-hmm. But if I had to be one of those two, I'm probably a wet sandwich. Ditto. 100% wet sandwich. Team wet sandwich. Team wet sandwich. There you go. And I think, you know, going back to the start of the episode, full cycle, sandwich meets a, means, you know, a dry, sandy place. Mm-hmm. And I would rather have or be a wet sandwich. I'd rather be a wet sandwich. Um, I wouldn't... What do you think the Earl of Sandwich would have been? He sounds closer to dry lunch. He's a dry lunch. He sounds 100%. like hundred percent dry lunch. He's at the Hellfire Club being like, yeah, yeah sacrifice the virgins, dude. And as soon as the devil appears, he's yeah, like, he, ah! He's an absolute dry lunch of a sandwich. Yeah, 100%. God damn. Well, thank you for joining me on that thank you for, culinary journey, Danny. Thank you for... That is a wide range of things I now know that I didn't know before. <laughs> and... That should be the tagline of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> these are now the things I know. I think, I think, whereas, like, previous topics, the way I'm picturing it in my head is, like, you're kind of delving deep into a particular thing. Absolutely. This felt more like a wider spread of, like, of, of the topic. So, like, going into further bits of it, uh, rather than, you know drilling down into the entire history of the Earl of Sandwich and how he got into Satanism. I mean, that would have to be a whole different episode. That, that, yeah. It would be the John Montague episode of the Hellfire <laughs> Club, which would be actually be a fascinating thing to, to look up. Satanism is something, you know, I might make a note of that to John, dive into. Uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, an episode, uh, John Montague versus John Wilkes and like the... And if there was some kind of like bitter rivalry that ever continued, I think the two. I think there was like a bitter rivalry, <laughs> but it was very one sided because I don't think John Wilkes <laughs> gave a fuck. Um, and I think yeah, John Montague was just like very angry at this man, it and then just it. died. I think the more I think about it, I want a I want a movie about John Montague because he sounds fascinating in the sense of like born into this family has a ridiculous responsibility in terms of being <laughs> Grand Admiral or whatever of the Navy. But then has this whole secret side of him that's a Satanist, gambleholic, virgin. It's incredible, user. isn't it? It's incredible how we like choose these seemingly like boring everyday things <laughs> and like these insane, crazy, incredible people are behind them. And then the movie ends with him dying just as he finds out that America is rising. Like, <laughs> and it was like his ultimate failure. I imagine the film is just called Sandwich. <laughs> but like most of the film is not about sandwiches at all. It's just like <laughs> him at the Hellfire Club and then it cuts to like 
the American Revolutionary War and like naval battles. And then at, like at one point he's like makes the sandwich, <laughs> but then the rest of it is just about everything else. And and you have to have the scene with the gibbon in it. Absolutely. Okay, no one still the idea. I really want to write this. Right, you're writing that I'm, script. I'm, I'll write it. I'll have it ready next week. Are you still thirty for knowledge, Danny? I'm so thirty for I'm thirty for knowledge and hungry for I knowledge. I'm starving for knowledge I'm now. Hungry <laughs> for intelligence. Let's go make sandwiches. Ah, uh, well, this has been thirty for knowledge. Thank you for listening, everybody, and uh, hit us up at thirty for knowledge at outlook dot com, and hit us, hit us up at thirty for knowledge on Instagram. Like, follow, subscribe, please. Like, follow, subscribe uh, on all the platforms where we're available. Suggest merchandise that we can sell back to you. Um, Maybe I- we should invent a 30 for knowledge sandwich of our own. I'm so hungry, I might just have to do it. I promise, hand on heart, I'll, I'll stick to the 10 views thing. <laughs> okay. I, I, I will do it. All right. Gentleman's handshake here that, we, that no one can see. I can't believe I've just shaken hands to eating a banana and mayonnaise sandwich <laughs> and a peanut butter and pickle Portsmouth. And I get to have a chow mein sandwich and dark chocolate and Yeah, salmon. you get to order like a Chinese takeaway yeah. and put it in bread. Yeah. Oh, I've like, I've, this is not fair. No, not, not even remotely. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. I've been Danny. I've been George. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. See you next time. Bye.